Remember the 90s, when MTV still played music videos, when people still bought physical copies of albums, and when legendary musicians like Kurt Cobain and Dimebag Daryl still walked the earth? Well, now you can once again relive that decade every week on KBGA because your favorite 90s radio show, Sounds Like Teen Spirit, is back and better than ever. It's still the best show on KBGA to hear artists like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Sublime, Megadeth, Primus, and more. Again, that's Sounds Like Teen Spirit, now on Sundays from 8 to 10 p.m., only on 89.9 KBGA Missoula.
was Death Angel kicking off tonight's program with Seemingly Endless Time off their 1990 album Act 3. Welcome to the award-winning Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I'm your socially distant host, Ian. As you may well be aware, KBGA's studios are currently closed due to the coronavirus pandemic. So you're listening to the first ever remote broadcast of Sounds Like Teen Spirit from my apartment. Full disclosure, this is not a live broadcast. Due to a mixture of technical limitations and personal preferences, I am putting all the quarantined episodes of my show into a single audio file in advance of my showtime each week. So all my talking points are pre-recorded and there will be no requests tonight, as there is currently no request line and I can't make any changes to the show at this point. You know, I think I might take up swearing since I now have the benefit of editing what I say before you hear it. So, are you motherfuckers ready for a show? Tonight, I'll be playing music from Spiderbait, Infectious Grooves, Mud Honey, The Tragically Hip, Living Color, Daft Punk, Audio Slave, Save Ferris, Super Chunk, and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Plus, I'll be reviewing and playing three songs off of the brand new Pearl Jam album, Gigaton, which came out on March 27th. Pearl Jam's first five albums, the ones released in the 1990s, are widely considered to be untouchable classics. While I think some of those albums are more untouchable than others, I largely agree with that sentiment, and I also feel that none of the Pearl Jam albums released since the 90s have quite lived up. It's not that any of them were bad. Ish, even the worst one was still pretty decent. It just seems like Pearl Jam lost some of their magic around the turn of the century. Gigaton is the band's first album in nearly seven years, and after a wait that long, it would have had to amount to more than just another post-90s Pearl Jam album. Fortunately, the band pulled out all the stops for this one, gifting us with the most satisfying collection of new Pearl Jam songs in over 20 years. Gigaton is ambitious, almost to a fault, and with 12 songs totaling more than 57 minutes, it's sufficiently meaty. The album finds Pearl Jam reconnecting with their grungy roots on some tracks, while staying true to their present selves on others and trying new things on others still. I'm sure at least some of you were taken aback when you first listened to the lead single, Dance of the Clairvoyance, and those synthesizers came on. I know I was. And like me, you probably wondered exactly how much synth would be on the new album. The answer, it turns out, is just the right amount. Ultimately, Dance of the Clairvoyance is the only song on Gigaton that sounds like a mashup with New Order but the synthesizers creep their way into a few of the album's other songs to overall great effect. The album actually makes use of a variety of keyed instruments, such as a pump organ and an African instrument called an mbira. But adding keys wasn't the only way Pearl Jam stretched out of their comfort zone on the album. 
Some of the guitar work also sounds atypical of the band. Take the song Quick Escape, for instance. I can't quite put my finger on it, but something about the guitar on that track seems off. It's not what I'm used to hearing from Mike McCready, but it sounds good and helps the song make more of an impression than it might have otherwise. Furthermore, on the album's lone acoustic bass track, Comes Then Goes, McCready is playing in a bluesy style with a tinge of flamenco, which, again, sounds unlike anything I've heard him play before and, again, helps the associated song to stand out. With all this disparity on one album, you might worry that the whole thing doesn't really gel together. And although your concerns wouldn't be entirely unfounded, Pearl Jam has ultimately pulled it off here. Several of the album's songs flow effortlessly into the next, and the production work does a lot of the heavy lifting in making these songs sound like they all belong on the same album. Although I wish the album's ballads were distributed more evenly, I am overall content with how the whole thing plays out. Nearly all the ballads are stacked at the end, but there's enough variance between them to keep things from getting mundane. In a nutshell, Gigaton is arguably the first essential Pearl Jam album since Yield. Alright, this next song I'm going to play kind of sort of reminds me of Rearview Mirror off of the Versus album. This one is called Never Destination. Well, enjoy!
This portion of KBGA is brought to you by Imagination Brewing Company. By supporting over 1,700 community events in its educational center, Imagination brews handcrafted beer to make a positive impact on Missoula and beyond. For more information about what's on tap, weekly live music offerings, or to reserve the center, call 406-926-1251 or visit imaginationbrewing.com.
face that looked a lot like me I saw him in the mirror and I found him in the street And when he turned away I shot him We all like the radio station, College Radio, 89.9 FM.
are dying off the 2008 album The Slip. As I'm sure I don't need to remind you, we are in the midst of a nationwide quarantine in the interest of stopping the spread of coronavirus and are presently encouraged to stay home and avoid people as much as possible. All public gatherings are suspended until further notice, which means a complete cessation of all concerts and touring for at least a little while. This has severely impacted the immediate plans of many artists, and some of them have taken to refocusing their efforts on delivering new content we can enjoy from home. Several artists have been putting on special performances tailored for streaming, and several others have been rapidly issuing new music. Why, these past few weeks have been absolutely peppered with surprise new music releases we probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. For instance, Alkaline Trio dropped a surprise three-song EP under the simple title of EP, and NoFX have been uploading a series of music videos for new songs that were recorded for their upcoming album, but ultimately didn't make the cut. 
However, the biggest surprise music release in recent weeks arguably came from Nine Inch Nails. On Thursday, March 26th, Nine Inch Nails surprise released the instrumental albums Ghosts 5 and 6. The long-awaited follow-ups to 2008's Ghosts 1 through 4 that we had no idea were on the way. It's probable that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were working on the albums long before there even was a pandemic, so I'm sure we would have gotten them at some point no matter what, but they have confirmed that the coronavirus outbreak affected the nature of their release. Now, typically, whenever Nine Inch Nails releases new music, I review and play some of it on Sounds Like Teen Spirit, but I generally don't do soundscapes here. However, that won't stop me from at least describing the albums for you. Just like Ghosts 1 through 4, Ghosts 5 and 6 are loose and experimental, with an emphasis on setting a mood over establishing any tangible melodies. In other words, they do what soundscapes are intended to do. The new Ghosts albums are thematically similar to the old Ghosts albums and offer the same kind of listening experience. However, unlike the first four Ghosts albums, the tracks on Ghosts 5 and 6 have actual titles. On Ghosts 1 through 4, all of the tracks are titled using the same formula of X Ghosts Y, where X represents the track number and Y represents the album number. For instance, 7 Ghosts 1 or 34 Ghosts 4. Ghosts 5 and 6, on the other hand, employ normal distinguishable track names like Letting Go While Holding On, the Worryment Waltz, and A Really Bad Night. What's more, the albums themselves each carry a unique subtitle. Ghosts 5 is subtitled Together, while Ghosts 6 is subtitled Locusts. The new Ghosts albums are also significantly longer than the old ones, and the individual tracks get a lot longer too. The first four Ghosts albums only had one track among them that eclipsed the five-minute mark. Ghosts 5 and 6 have a handful of tracks longer than 10 minutes. The longest is over 13 and a half. According to Nine Inch Nails, the two new Ghosts albums are intended to capture the feelings and emotions that we are all collectively experiencing right now in quarantine. Ghosts 5 is meant for, and I quote, when things seem like it might all be okay, while Ghost 6 is meant to evoke hopelessness and despair. Musically, the differences between the two are more subtle than that description might lead you to believe. As far as my ears are concerned, the key difference between Ghosts 5 and 6 is that the tracks on Ghosts 5 have a hint of warmth to them, and that feeling is pretty much absent from Ghosts 6. Personally, I think it would have made for a better statement to switch the order of Ghosts 5 and 6, but really, the original order feels more true to the band. 
Like the original four Ghosts albums, Ghosts 5 and 6 were independently released and are available for download right now from NIN.com. Anyway, before Nine Inch Nails, I played Hello Hawk by Superchunk off their 1999 album Come Pick Me Up. We'll Grind That Axe for a Long Time by Pantera off their 2000 album Reinventing the Steel. Judgment, Rage, Retribution, and Thyme by Mudhoney off their 1995 album My Brother the Cow. Exploder by Audioslave off their 2002 self-titled. High by The Cure off their 1992 album Wish and Social Suicide by Bad Religion off their 2004 album The Empire Strikes First. Once again, you're listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To see a list of all the songs I've played so far tonight, go to kbga.org, and to like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slts2. All right. Next, I am going to do a second song off the new Pearl Jam album, Gigaton. This next one is a classic Pearl Jam stomper, and it is in fact the album's opening track, titled, Whoever Said. Enjoy!
Jake the Snake Roberts. Who gives a damn about those call letters? KBGA, KGBA, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know where the music's at, don't you? Stupid.
fight like my life depended on it I'm doing it on it My lawn gets watered and I'm apart from whackness I'm separated, did you like how I spike the ball? Despite your all, you can come bite a small portion There's more in the vault, Hot, have a vault I alter your brain pattern, binge, yeah it's my fault I sustain better blends A words hers, the be damn beat the speech with you need to reach I'm just me, no simile Never flow simply, cause it's meant to be The truth, the truth, and nothing but the truth I tell it to the youth, I'm telling them the proof in the print Wouldn't you like to know, oh no you can't My flow's never quitting, and that's the truth The most can go through my man, my man
some bones, but a 357 gonna blow your damn head off. Take the sword, you can ride some ish till I can't go give it off. You are funky. You got funky. What kind of funky? because I'm omnipresent, I listen to all the radio stations at the same time, including KBGA. KBGA Missoula, 89.9.
a vi slušate KBGM iz Ula Montana aj uzdravlju
That was Ministry with Hero off their 1992 album, Psalm 69. Tonight on Sounds Like Teen Spirit, we mourn the loss of former ministry drummer Bill Rieflin, who passed away on March 24th at age 59 after an eight-year battle with cancer. A prolific drummer who kept finding steady work throughout his entire career, Rieflin was best known for his lengthy tenures with three major bands that could not be more different from one another, Ministry, R.E.M., and King Crimson. Rieflin's drumming career began with a couple of punk bands in his native Seattle before he landed his first high-profile gig as the drummer for Ministry in 1986. He was in the band for nearly 10 years and recorded on three of their studio albums, 1988's The Land of Rape and Honey, 1989's The Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste, and 1992's Psalm 69. Those three albums are considered to be ministry's most successful from both a critical and commercial standpoint. So basically, Rieflin was a part of ministry for their peak years. He left the band during the recording sessions for their 1996 album Filth Pig and immediately hitched his wagon to another industrial band, the German cult favorite KMFDM. He was the drummer for that band from 1995 to 2003 and appeared on six of their albums during that time frame. Also during that time frame, Rieflin befriended REM guitarist Peter Buck and his drumming career took a wild left turn when Buck invited him to drum for R.E.M. on their 2003 tour. From there, he officially became R.E.M.'s new drummer, and he held that position until the band's breakup in 2011, recording on their final three albums. Fortunately, Rieflin didn't have to wait long for his next big drumming gig. When influential prog rock band King Crimson reunited in 2013, one of the new members added to their lineup was, you guessed it, Bill Rieflin. He remained in King Crimson up until his death, and although he never got to record on a King Crimson studio album, he did appear on several of their live albums, both as a drummer and as a keyboardist. In addition to the aforementioned bands, Rieflin's career included a bunch of shorter stints with artists like Nine Inch Nails, Pigface, Swans, Lard, The Revolting Tchot, and 1000 Homo DJs. Those last three, by the way, are all side projects of ministry frontman Al Jorgensen, so I think it's safe to say he was fond of Rieflin's work. Although Bill Rieflin clearly gravitated the most toward industrial metal, it's also clear that he was a very versatile drummer who was capable of adapting to whatever style of music was demanded of him, and he will be dearly missed by artists and fans of all kinds. Anyway, before ministry, I played Android by Green Day off their 1992 album Kerplunk. Type by Living Color off their 1990 album Time's Up. 
Best Friend by Candlebox off their 1995 album Lucy. Violent and Funky by Infectious Grooves off their 1994 album Groove Family Psycho. Missing Link by Dinosaur Jr. and Del the Funky Homo Sapien off the 1993 soundtrack to the movie Judgment Night. And Glockenpop by Spiderbait off their 1999 album Grand Slam. You're still listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To see a list of all the songs I've played so far tonight, go to kbga.org. And to like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash slts2. Alright, so Bill Rieflin's death had absolutely nothing to do with the omnipresent coronavirus threat. But the same cannot be said of this next individual. Multi-instrumentalist Adam Schlesinger was killed by the virus on April 1st at the age of 52. Schlesinger was a founding member of the pop-punk band Fountains of Wayne and was present for the band's entire run, which lasted from 1995 to 2013 and spawned five studio albums as well as a top 40 hit in the 2003 single Stacy's Mom. Although Schlesinger primarily served as the bassist for Fountains of Wayne, he also played guitars, drums, and keyboards for the band at various points, and he co-wrote virtually all of the band's songs with frontman Chris Collingwood. In addition to Fountains of Wayne, Schlesinger was a founding member of the indie pop band Ivy and the supergroup Tinted Windows and he wrote songs for numerous movie and TV soundtracks over the years. As you can see, Adam Schlesinger was a real workhorse of a musician who probably had years worth of musical contributions left to make before his career was tragically cut short by COVID-19. And he will be missed. Naturally, I have a Fountains of Wayne song coming up next in honor of the late Adam Schlesinger. And that song is... Sink to the Bottom, off the band's 1996 self-titled debut. Rest in peace, Adam and Bill. I want to sink to the bottom with you. I want to sink to the bottom with you. The ocean is big and blue. I just want to sink to the bottom with you.
It really didn't make sense 
as hard as an 80s metal hair band thinks they are. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. College radio is 89.9 FM. KBGA. Missoula. They shot a movie once In my hometown Everybody was in it For miles around Out at the speedway Some kind of this thing Well, I ain't no movie star But I can get behind anything Yeah, I can get behind anything Get it out, get it all out Yeah, stretch that thing Make it last, make it last Least to the shop of
at Speedway
This is Silver Sprocket, host of Something Else, live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on KBGA Missoula 89.9 FM. I feature avant-garde, electroacoustic, free jazz, and more creative music every week. You'll get to hear advanced new releases straight from the artists and record labels before anybody else and extensive interviews with the artists themselves. How about you give something else a try? Live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. on KBGA Missoula, 89.9 FM, and streaming at kbga.org. Father, to never tell a woman, you can't bother, you can't say it don't 
Public Enemy with Brothers Gonna Work It Out off their 1990 album Fear of a Black Planet. You may recall that on the last episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit, I talked about how Public Enemy frontman Chuck D had fired Flavor Flav from the group at the beginning of March amid a dispute over politics. Well, Strap yourselves in, folks, because guess what? All that drama was essentially a long-form April Fool's joke. On April 1st, Chuck D announced that Flavor Flav was never actually fired from Public Enemy and that the very public spat between Flav and himself was entirely manufactured. And before you go to thinking that they did it just to huff with people, you should know that they were actually making a point about media bias in reporting negative hip-hop stories. On the podcast People's Party with Talib Kweli, Chuck D explains that the media has always seemed to take too much pleasure in reporting bad news about hip-hop, such as premature deaths or public beefs, and that positive hip-hop stories don't get nearly the same level of attention. So, he took inspiration from the 1938 Orson Welles' War of the Worlds broadcast to fabricate his own negative hip-hop story to illustrate that point. Although Chuck apparently concocted this prank with noble intentions, there's just one little hang-up. Flav claims that he wasn't in on it. In response to Chuck's announcement, Flav tweeted that he was never a part of the hoax and that now is not the time for tomfoolery. I'm paraphrasing that tweet, obviously. So it seems like we're not getting the full story here. Perhaps Flavor Flav was in on it the whole time and he's denying it now because he felt the joke would not be well received amid the current socio-political climate. Or maybe Chuck D really did fire Flavor Flav, but the backlash from the decision proved to be greater than he anticipated, so now he's claiming it was never real. At any rate, there's another piece of the puzzle that makes things even more confounding. One of the claims made by the statement announcing Flavor Flav's dismissal was actually true that a new Public Enemy album titled Loud Is Not Enough would be released in April. That album was released on April 1st to coincide with Chuck D's revelation. And get this, Flavor Flav is on it. Despite that, the album was released under the artist name Enemy Radio, which is a variation of the name that Chuck D uses to perform Public Enemy songs without Flavor Flav's involvement. So what's really going on here? I will most likely follow up on this story whenever new information arrives to help us complete the picture. In the meantime, I intend to review and play from the new Public Enemy album on next week's show. Anyway, before Public Enemy, I played Angry Situation by Save Ferris off their 1999 album Modified. Jihad by Slayer off their 2006 album Christ Illusion, Blow at High Doe by The Tragically Hip off their 1989 album Up to Here, and Face to Face by Daft Punk featuring Todd Edwards 
off their 2001 album, Discovery. And that about wraps up a viral edition of Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I have been your host, Ian. As always, thank you for tuning in tonight. And be sure to stick around because either the break-in or my all-90s automation playlist is coming up next. Before I go, I am going to play one more song off the new Pearl Jam album, Gigaton. This is the album's lone acoustic-based track, which I alluded to during my review of the album at the beginning of tonight's episode. Titled, Comes Then Goes. Good night! High or low, where'd you go? Are you stuck in the middle of spectral invisible goals? I'm here juxtaposed Like images of angels in the snow Our courage melts away, it comes and goes Where you been? Can I find a glimpse of my friend? Don't know where or when one of us slept The other behind Divisions came and troubles multiplied Incisions made by scalpel My altered perception's unclear Please interfere Sadness comes with it a sea of tears Would some love be best had it not appeared Is this you? Here I stand Recollections of pain Self-neglecting again Like you I keep it in Thought you found a game Where you could win Yeah, it's all vivid section In the end
altar of vision you caught her but then a woodcut in red I wish it was not you that she had lived selfish navigation with no end where'd you sleep can I find a deeper connection in the face of rejection? I'm trying, I'm trying Evidence in the echoes of your mind Leads me to believe we miss those signs Try one last time Could all use a savior From human behavior sometimes And the kids are all right The queen of collections Took your time Sadness comes Cause some of it was mine